Chapter 37, Percy. Airplanes or cannibals? No contest. Percy would have preferred driving Grandma Zane's Cadillac all the way to Alaska. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. Slay. Slay. <laughs> Guys, we have to stop saying slay. I know, we really it's have like to It's like so stop. embarrassing. <laughs> It's, it's such an embarrassing thing to have picked up in our habits. It's a minor epidemic. <laughs> it's so is. embarrassing. It's the gasification of return to camp. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you're watching it unfold right now. It's true. <laughs> we say slay about literally anything. Like, anything that happens. Like, slay. I almost commented on, like, someone's Instagram post. It's, like, it's being kind of used in the same way, like, people in Philly use John. You like like a word that you use for anything? Do it's people like, use yeah, John like, a lot for everything? In in Philly, John is like a noun. This so is like oh like, okay. Pass me that John. It's just like a filler word to use for anything. Um, it's a noun, not an adjective. So I guess it's a little different, <laughs> but <laughs> the principle is still there. It's like something bad happens. It's like slay. <laughs> If something good happens, it's like, slay. <laughs> I don't have a lot of variation in tone and pitch myself, so it doesn't really come across. <laughs> Ava, Neve, how are you doing this week? Fantastic. Slay. <laughs> um, no, I'm doing good. We're going into week four of classes, which feels unreal. Turks, time really be flying by. Um, but yeah, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back at school and like have tasks to do. Over winter break, literally our only task was to film this. And then I just sort of like sat around for the rest of my day. So I'm very glad that I have that now. Yeah. I'm glad to be back too. It's been nice. This semester has been really good. I love all my classes. Um, but it is weird that we're in week four. That does feel really, really weird to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. How are, how are you, Brandon? <laughs> I'm good. Things are, I agree. Things are going a little fast around here. Um, uh, I'm working on a show. That's nice. That's fun. It's Medea. So uh, I guess I do one thing and one thing only. <laughs> Guys, get ready for the review episode of Brayden's Play. <laughs> we just, me and Ava sit here and talk about it and Brayden has to listen. Um, other than that, Good. So, welcome back to Return to Camp Half-Blood. This week, we are talking about Heroes of Olympus, The Lost Hero, chapters 37 through 40. It's, it's the son of Neptune. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Not the like, lost did hero. Did I do the wrong homework assignment? <laughs> do the theme of fear, and the, uh, we have Fatal Flaw. Yay. <laughs> I got flustered at the end of that. But we do have the lovely Molly and the lovely Maddie from Fatal Flaw, uh, the consistent podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, By the the time this episode will be posted, maybe we will have posted one more episode of Fatal Flaw. Yeah. I love how it's a maybe. It's not even a definitive. It's like, we might. You never know. 
Look into the crystal ball and you'll see. I can't tell the future, Maddie. I don't know what Molly in two days is going to be doing. I don't know her. That's fair. I don't either. I don't even know this Molly. Hi, I'm Molly. Um, I've been told that our voices are very similar. So I think the natural solution to that is that before we say anything, we just say our names. So, so I'll be like, Molly, hi guys. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, and then I won't be doing that. So <laughs> That's hilarious. I have to announce yourself. Ava and Eve apparently are also similar that we've been told by listeners. Really? Which is also surprising. I think, you know, I don't really know who, when I listen to podcasts, I just kind of fly blind. <laughs> you just, it's the vibe. It's not about the person speaking. It's the vibe. It's the vibe. Exactly. exactly. So true. Um, so yeah, our esteemed guests, would you like to do us the honor of, uh, one of you uh, summarizing the chapters that we've read this week. Um, you could also, we've never had people do it together, but you could also do it together, I oh, suppose. Boy. We <laughs> is an interesting choice of words here. <laughs> I'm good. I don't need, I don't need to do that. <laughs> um, I will be doing, have to do it. <laughs> I, Molly, will be doing the recap. Look at you placing your name in it. So, yeah. <laughs> I need to like, I need to name drop it. I have to be like, and then I thought to myself, Molly. <laughs> there you go. Very efficient. Okay. So, these were chapters 37 through 40 of Son of Neptune. Correct. Um, are we starting? Not the last the timer? Uh, Not yeah. the last here. Okay, tell me when to go. Okay, three, two, one, go. Okay, so we open on the Frank's house has just been burned and his grandma is in danger and they get on a plane. Frank is upset about it. Percy tells him, don't worry about the toxic masculinity. You can feel things about this. They land in Anchorage after Percy has some dreams where he sees Tyson in his dreams and um, he tells Tyson to go find Ella the Harpy um, and meet him at Camp Jupiter. Um, They go from Anchorage to Seward on a train, but the train gets derailed by some griffins. They fight him with the sword um as percy is wont to do um and then they get to seward which is hazel's hometown um kind of and percy uh falls into the mud yeah yes that was nice yes thank you i practiced i like (laughs) all right this is a podcast so people won't know this but uh Molly did a little like flourish of of her hand when uh, we talked about Percy using the sword. Yeah. <laughs> Very like Harry Potter wand like yeah. movement. Um, exactly how you use a sword. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a sword master actually. I did my training um, at Camp Halfblood. Slay, slay. Mm-hmm. All right. Ava, Neve, what music did we bring this week? Hold on. All right, Neve, do you want to go first? 
I will. Um, I have very typical for me. I have no basis on why this should be the song for the chapters. It just feels like it should. It's called Typhoons by the band Royal Blood. I heard it two days ago and I was like, this song bangs and reminds me a lot of just like what I think is going on in Percy's head 24 <laughs> seven. Like, I think that's just what it sounds like musically. So yeah, that's my justification. It's weak, but you know, when have I ever had a strong justification for a song? <laughs> I'm just like, this is the vibe. I don't know. It just feels right. And I'm choosing it. Mine this week is also kind of loose because there weren't great opportunities for musical moments in these chapters. It was, they're very transitional chapters, but we did have a fight scene. So I did what I am apt to do and just pick a soundtrack for the fight scene. Um, and so this week I chose Bite Me by Avril Lavigne. Yes. Slay. Uh... <laughs> um, so <laughs> this is, I was going to choose something serious and then I realized what I could do here. Um, so there is fire. <laughs> um, therefore, I have chosen Fire Burning by Sean Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> fire burning while frank's house burns down gets great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shoddy fire burning on the dance floor yeah. oh <laughs> it's a very slowed down version it's like sounds so tragic <laughs> Like the like the Lord version of everybody wants to rule the world. Like that's what it's fire burning by shot. Like with the slow long shot as they come uh, off the plane out away from the house. <laughs> Somebody calls 911. The exact television show better be fucking listening. We're giving them ideas right now. And it's gold. Oh my god. Does anybody does anybody have connections to the Disney Plus crew? Because I think you guys need to be in on that right I agree. Right. I We're think giving so. them amazing material right now. <laughs> this is Emmy worthy. Right. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No Taylor Swift. No I, I was kind of expecting that for this crew. I know. I know. We've actually had a very t- Taylor Swift light season. Which is surprising. I don't know what about Son of Neptune doesn't say Taylor Swift. That's true. It's because there's no Persebeth. I think that's what it that's is. It's very, oh, that's interesting. I don't think we have one Taylor Swift song on here. It makes sense, though. <laughs> the way Molly Maddie's jaws dropped <laughs> so quickly <laughs> and in unison. It does make sense, though. I don't know why, but it does. Lost Hero had... Every other book has had so much Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes. I think I know I challenged myself to go outside Taylor Swift <laughs> for this book. <laughs> Nothing will be more embarrassing though, because that was I think it was Lost Hero that I was like, I'm putting I'm choosing waking up in Vegas for this week. And Brandon goes, It's already on the playlist. <laughs> 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 Waking Up in Vegas by Katie Genevieve Perry. You know her name? No, I just made that up. Oh. But this is right. <laughs> you said it with such confidence. I was really about to be like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, I definitely thought that was her middle name for about five seconds. So, so what were our favorite moments from from these chapters? Um, I loved when Percy calls Sally and leaves a voicemail. Yeah, makes me so happy. He's a good boy. He says "love you" to his mother. I just love him. Yeah. That was so sweet. We also, I really like anytime Tyson shows up. Yeah. I'm a fan. Me too. We have some more Tyson. Uh, I also think Tyson and Ella is amazing. Um, and so I'm, I'm, it's, it's fun. Um, and they're going to meet. And I like the little, like, cute side plot couple. It's always nice. Percy chapters in this book are truly always just, like, full of insane fan service. Yeah. But, like, I appreciate it deeply. So I'm okay with it. Like, I, I'm literally reading it, and I'm like, oh, he's doing this just because. But, like, it's so sweet, and I will, do, I will appreciate it anyways. I'll stand behind. Fan service is always fine if you're the fan being serviced. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Watching um, other people be fan service though is, is infuriating. <laughs> Another moment that I cannot go this episode without mentioning is when Percy is talking to Tyson and the um, the dream is like starting to fade away, and he goes, um, "There's a giant's army marching south. Tell Annabeth." I'm like, I literally just out. Got to say that I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Literally, Rick. What was he about to say? What? What? I I'm never gonna let this go. What was he about to say? What are you guys? He's probably just gonna say, "Tell Annabeth to get everyone ready." Yeah, I see that. Or like, "Tell Annabeth I love her." No, yeah, he wasn't gonna say that. Thank you, Brayden. <coughs> Tell Annabeth I'm coming home. Tell Annabeth oh. I miss her. There's so many <laughs> options. But also, I don't know how spoilery you guys get. Uh, Ava hasn't finished this book, so we're trying not to... We used to be very spoilery, but now we're we're trying to... Don't do it, Molly. Okay. Well, I will will just say that it extends a thing that is already pretty long when he hasn't said a thing. We haven't seen it in the books that he says a thing. And he doesn't say it there, which makes it, he hasn't said it for even longer. Oh, understood. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it was very, it was so mysterious that it took me a minute as well. <laughs> it took a second, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But we caught up, we caught up. Um, all right, we're going to take a little break and then we'll be back to talk about the theme of fear. All right, we're back. <laughs> Uh, the theme this week is fear. So where did we see fear in these chapters? Everywhere. <laughs> oh my God. Every damn page. It's a pretty on-the-nose one. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty having... scared of the spelling of Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it Gryphon? <laughs> I did not like it. <laughs> I feel like I've often seen Griffin spelled that way. I, 
I didn't know there was a correct spelling. I don't know. I mean, I've just never seen it with a PH before. And so it really threw me. I mean, I feel like maybe, like, I don't know. It, hippogriff is spelled with an, an F. So maybe, like, that's where it comes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like seeing Jeff with a PH. That just, like, yeah. feels weird. Oh, I just got chills. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is like awful yeah. to imagine. Somehow I like said it. Oh, this doesn't make any sense, but it's like chewy. Yeah, like you spelled it like that. Like it's chewy, Jeff. I don't like it at all. It's texture. It's all about the texture. <laughs> it does make sense, but that was also awful to hear in my ears. Uh, <laughs> that was awful to hear in my ears. Uh, okay. Anyways, where do we see fear? <laughs> right now. Besides my fear of this conversation. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting that in all of the past chapters, like, Percy's always had a little bit of fear underlying everything he does because he can't remember anything. And now, in these chapters, he's actually, like, gaining back a lot of his memories. Like, he remembers what Camp Half-Blood is, and he remembers Tyson, and He's always remembered Annabeth, but like he actually remembers like what like she means to him now, and he's somehow more scared like with his memories, which is so fucked up. But you know, because like before he was fantasizing about what he might lose, and now he knows what he's lost. Yeah, and like, and how difficult it's going to be, like trying to get back to his old camp and somehow introduce them to these new people that he's become very close to and like feels the, like a similar connection with and have not have them like kill each other on site, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He has more that he wants to get home to now. He has more pressure on his shoulders. Two camps instead of just one. Mm-hmm. Counting on him. Um, I also saw fear... Uh, Molly. I also saw <laughs> Um, i also saw fear i mean it's like on the page right where frank is talking about how there's so much writing on this and he says and i'm scared and percy mr no toxic masculinity in this house percy says i'd be worried if you weren't scared we're all scared slay i just slay yeah he also has a moment where he's like uh talking about, like, if Frank cried, that'd be okay. <laughs> was like, like, woke king. He wouldn't carry the satchel, though. He, he was very homophobic about the satchel. But he, looked, he looked great in the satchel. We all know it. We all know it. Percy is such a satchel guy. He is such a... This group absolutely would fixate on this satchel that happened, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a big deal because we read the set of chapters. We said, I'm so proud of Percy for carrying the satchel. He looks great. The, we start the next episode, the first chapter, he's like, I hate the satchel. Like, no. <laughs> he probably just Percy has neck had- problems. You know, he's like literally doing like fucking backflips and all this stuff all the time. You know, carrying a satchel, it could be heavy. I don't know. I feel for him. It's fine. That's, that's actually a great point. That's very fair. <laughs> probably is just Percy is 
absolutely a satchel guy. He would take his satchel and sit down on the quad and then remove a Frisbee from his satchel and be like, anybody want to toss some Frizz? Or whatever the cool kids say on the quad. Anybody I just think he's more of a backpack guy. <laughs> I mean, like, I can see, I can see him having a. He doesn't have like a nice backpack. No, it's yeah. like a drawstring bag. Yeah, or a tote bag. Yeah, a tote bag. I, I'm still free. feeling. I'm just still feeling the satchel vibes, and so I can't envision a drawstring bag. A satchel's just too, I think it's too expensive. He, he has to like, he went to orientation with a pencil, came out with a free drawstring backpack and has rolled with it ever since. Yeah. It's like I falling apart. That. His gum keeps falling out of it, but he just, he won't get rid of it. Annabeth has bought him a new bag and he's like, I just can't do it. I don't know where this is going. This it's is held together with duct tape. I get it. I get it. Okay, I'm with you now. <laughs> this is the most specific improvised fan fiction ever. <laughs> I know. I really don't know where that came from. I just... <laughs> it's been sitting in the back corner of a filing cabinet in your brain for like years, and you finally got a chance to take it out and be like, here's my theory. Listen, I can have opinions on anything. <laughs> name a topic like you know those like late night shows that do like freestyle rap about a cactus Nicki Minaj and you know Republicans or whatever Um, (laughs) I could do that with Percy Jackson yeah I can have opinions about anything that is like what having a podcast about Percy Jackson is is finding opinions about anything <laughs> well actually the reason there everyone. hasn't been a new fatal flaw is because we're actually molly's actually been working on her hamilton-esque um percy jackson rap musical uh, Maddie. So- <laughs> way to spoil the announcement <laughs> i'm still in talks with investors <laughs> it's okay it's getting there it's okay. I'll cut it out. I'll cut it out of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to spoil it. We'll keep the secret. That, that's not true. You do not cut things out of these episodes. No, we do not. The last episode we were on, I like, my mic went out and I said like, oh, I think my mic went out. Are you, can you guys hear me? And it was in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's like, no, it's homegrown. Just... It's authentic. Right. I love it. It's organic. Organic. Exactly. Homegrown. When you do something for free, don't put too much effort into it. <laughs> <laughs> so true, bestie. Uh, fear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, one of the most interesting places I saw fear, I mean, like, the whole idea of Alaska is somewhere the gods are afraid to go. And even we see... We've never seen Percy be afraid of water before. And then he looks in the water in Alaska and he says, like, there's, like, he did not feel the presence of any gods here, at least no gods that he knew. And it was like, whoa. Like, that that just... Rick has been very good, particularly in this book, about establishing stakes. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. And, like, making the one thing that we know 
Percy will be fine because he'll just jump in water, mm-hmm. knowing that the like water won't help him. Is like okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That also leads me to um, this quote that I wanted to pull out also um where it says percy wondered if this was what gaia wanted for the whole world to be like this he wondered if that would be such a bad thing like when he looks at that water and is like there are no gods here this is like um you know no rules no prophecies no destinies just the harsh wilderness and a bunch of animals and monsters um like maybe that is how it's supposed to be it's it's very like we find that the the first series is very like almost a metaphor for like communism, like <laughs> where it's like distribute the means of production but centralize the power um, in a very like historical way. Communist revolutions happen in uh, democratic societies, um, and then this is very like anarchist where it's like, just tear it all down. Because Gia doesn't want to, like, rule everything necessarily. Like, she's not, like, there's, she's not looking for, like, a day-to-day, I'm the ruler of everything. She's looking just to wipe out everything and then sleep. Hmm. Which sounds very ideal to me. Like, get rid of everything <laughs> and then sleep. That's so true. But it's just a very interesting parallel where it's like, we're faced with, again, that the system doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And we're faced with extremists. This is such a common thing in media, especially from this time period where it's, like, extreme leftism uh, as a... Uh, like, as the villain antagonist in a way that is, like, unredeemable, like... Not to forgive anything that any, any of them happened, but they always like have a good. The idea of like, oh, they were right, but they just went too far, is mm-hmm. such a big theme of this period of time in media. Like, you oh, see, yeah. like this is around the time of Legend of Korra too, which was like the big thing about Legends of Korra. Um, it's that's interesting. Yeah, I see that in Black Panther most prominently. I that's what I always that. think of. Yeah. That the like the ideas behind the villains' actions are true and good and right, but it's just like villainizing them in like an extreme way. So like, are we supposed to be like, huh? Gaia has some points. Are we supposed to be like, huh? This villain from Black Panther, whose name I don't remember. I'm sorry. Killmonger. Yes, Killmonger. Um, like he has some really good points, and then making those points like associated with like killing people. Yeah, what, living, what is the creator trying to do there? Living in a capitalist society means when you the further left you go, uh, the more you agree with big blockbuster movie villains because that's who the villain of capitalism is, is leftists um, and people that want to socialize things and like make changes. And I mean, Gaia, I think, is a, is a good um example of that where it's like, she's like we've gone too far the look at the world around us um but it almost seems like it was before 
it's time. Like, you know, I feel like people are like so radicalized now. And then like back in, I don't even know when this book came out, like 2010, is that when it came out or 2011? Yeah. I feel like 2011 was 2010. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that was even before like Ferguson and like the early black lives matter movements and like, Really, it was right around um, the ninety nine percent Occupy Wall Street, though, wasn't it? Huh. I don't remember. It would have been around the Occupy Wall Street, the writer strikes. Oh yeah, I think. I'm so absorbed with like my own adult life, like the things that I've been fighting for that I don't remember what the, I was like, there were adults before us <laughs> as a teenager during this. I don't know. Yeah. But now I'm like passionate. So I don't know. It's just so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a good point, Brayden. And I would, yeah, I missed, Definitely. I forgot where I was going with it. I think I had a point, but I don't think I did, but fair. No, it, it, yeah, it, I think September of 2011 was when Occupy Wall Street was. Right. Fact I think I think it's it's interesting how um, if this book has or this series has a lot of potential to be commentary on global warming and climate change, and I think you can read it into that. Like as an adult, like I think we are reading into that in our going back through these books, but I don't think it's innately there. Um, You can put the lens of it over it and it works. But if you're a child reading this, that's not where your mind goes first. That's the thing though, is that these books are technically, well, Percy Jackson, the Olympians, the original series were for like actual children, like, like second graders, (laughs) like second grade of like kids. Like those were meant for like children. And that's why, like, the global warming metaphors in there were, like, crazy heavy-handed. That was, like, yeah. like the whole pan thing was, like, so clearly global warming. Like, and that was, like, incredibly, like, hit home. These are classified as, like, YA, which would be, which would be, like, older, like, like, older than the original series, but still, like, like, 13 to 16. They're, like, yeah, is who this mid-grade was, YA. Like, like marketed towards and like they might be able to put the lens over it and like understand the more the, the like more like coded metaphors mm-hmm. of global warming that this book that this whole series is like talking about yeah so i think that it, it might have been I obviously like we don't understand why rick does a lot of things <laughs> in these sure. series but like it, it could have been a, a purpose behind writing it like yeah this that's true. Yeah. I think I just know personally when I read it the first time, I was too caught up in the interpersonal relationships to care about any themes. <laughs> oh, yes. Because this is also a soap opera of a series. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> like, who's going to date who? Who's going to fight who? Ah. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you when I felt fear in this chapter is when Hazel and Frank started getting all mushy mushy that's when i felt fear <laughs> i know i don't know if you've discussed this in depth um we've touched on it lightly yeah bad it's just such it's a bad ugh. it deserves more of an in-depth conversation and i understand that now is not the time but i'll just throw that in there that's i, I have we have like spend time like looking up figuring out the math it's like 
like there there is a situation in which i i feel like it's the best to read this as like she is almost wait is she's 13 14 she's supposed she's to be 13 she's almost 14 and he's barely 16 so they're basically both 15 uh, uh, it's the uh, <laughs> it's the ick it gives us the ick it's like it just it falls on such a specific line too if like she was 15 and he was 17 it would even feel better it's because it's the middle school high school line yes because that's the like eighth grade into freshman year and like sophomore into junior year like age gap which is yeah yeah no 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 percy was like oh god they they should really they should really date or something like when percy said that i was like you literally have some audacity like i (laughs) he frank could have his driver's license he's 16 right yeah yeah Frank could have his driver's he, license. He tur- so he turns 16 at the beginning of this book. Okay, okay. So he could have his driver's license. Yes. And Hazel is in middle school. Okay, I, I'm going to not get into it. That's all I'll say. Yeah. No, it's awful. We see it, we hear it, we hate it, we move on. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can do. That's all you can do. There is one more moment of fear that I, I want to press on, express, especially it's there's a mo- another moment where Rick is raising the stakes well, and it's when we're talking about they're talking. I think it's on the train. They're talking about okay, this is we we're almost out of time. We have to do it, and they're like, "What's gonna happen? Like, if we do this, if we uh, unleash Thanatos." Uh, kill the giants. What's gonna happen to Hazel? It's like mm-hmm. that's such an insane stake where it's like if if we do the job we're supposed to, according to all the rules that are supposed to happen, Hazel's gonna help them and die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And same with Frank. And yeah, he even says on the page that it's possible that Frank might have to sacrifice his little stick thing um, in order to free um, death. So, like, the stakes are really high for both Hazel and Frank. Yikes. Not Percy. Percy's like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) This is just another Tuesday for Percy. (laughs) (laughs) He's just used to this now. He literally name drops like, oh yeah, when Kronos was invading Manhattan. Like, <laughs> it's just his life. <laughs> yeah. All right. South moments? Yeah. What are the funny quotes? <laughs> I had one. Ooh. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay. Um, page 401 in my book. Um, it's a Percy chapter. Um, well, as it is. Um, and <laughs> Um, uh, long story, but these guys look, I don't know, peaceful. They usually are. Hazel agreed. I remember them. They're everywhere in Alaska. Like bears, bears, Frank said nervously. And then they just move on. (laughs) 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 No inquiry. 
Giants are invisible. The more, oh my god! Like you didn't talk about the bears. <laughs> um, mine is on page three ninety six. It's they fly straight to their death. Uh, small d death. I mean, not our prisoner death. Although I suppose they're flying in too. Just not like quick grammatical clarification in this scary ass monologue. <laughs> with the with the little pigs in a blanket too, or puppy. What do they call them? Puppy yes. Yes. Is that a regional thing? I always call them pigs in a blanket. I also I always call them pigs, pigs in a blanket. Too. Okay, go off, Rick. Um, but <laughs> this is like the scariest thing that's been presented in this book. Is this huge army, and then we also get like, would you like a bargain mart deal? <laughs> Yeah. So good. Um, my moment is uh, the taxi driver grinned in the rear of a mirror. Been a long time since you visited, Miss. About seventy years, Hazel said. The driver slid the glass partition closed and drove on in silence. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I just took a big drink of water and almost <laughs> choked when you read that. Ten out of ten. It was a big tee hee. Oh god. <laughs> um, were we supposed to come prepared with this? Because I did not understand the assignment. I've got one. I've got one. Okay. <laughs> god damn, Maddie. Now it's just me. Okay, go ahead. Um I like when Percy's trying to do math uh for how him and Frank are related because yeah. he's like, I don't know, because I don't know if he's just like, I don't want to be related to Frank or what, but he's like, this is just weird. Frank would be his what great times a thousand nephew. That was too weird for words. And I just love how Percy's like fixating, like, how are we related? Like what is going on? <laughs> it's just, and anytime Percy tries to think too much, I chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> he's bisexual. You can't do math. Can confirm. all right what are our offerings for this week i know my meat oh fast tyson tyson yeah um just because he's here he honestly just needs to show up and i give him praise but um, (laughs) you know i just felt like it was appropriate since i don't i don't think he comes back in this book to my memory so because he's here. King. Miss him. And he's doing good. So. I'm going to give mine to Frank because his grandma died. True. And, and he's holding it together well. And he doesn't have to. As Percy said, he can cry if he wants to. <laughs> he has our permission. <laughs> but he he's like going forward very strongly. And I really respect his ability to like commit to the quest when it would also be respectable for him to just quit. True. <laughs> um, mine is for Sally. She was mentioned and I adore her. That's it. Yeah. I'm going to go with Annabeth who is not involved in this at all, but was also mentioned um, very briefly. <laughs> Period. Very fair. Um, I would like to give my offering to Percy, because it's been a while since I read Son of Neptune, and I love him. That's it. Period. Yeah. He really does do, like, well in this book. He does. He does. Big yeah. Mm-hmm. He's very camp counselor in this one. 
He is. Yeah. That's He's so like, Frank, it's okay to cry. And like yeah. checking in on Hazel, like this is your hometown. How does this feel? And he he's very like he's just very camp counselory. Yeah, As he just needs bring... to pull out the guitar and yeah. he has to start playing <laughs> for them. As seaweed brain would say, he's being very Mister Percy at this moment. <laughs> yeah. All right, who are we voting off of the island? Frank's grandma? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when she dies. <laughs> that was a bad joke. I'm going to vote off Polybides. <laughs> but specifically, not because he is like an evil giant, but because he does not take the puppies in a blanket. Mm-hmm. And that is the cardinal sin. Wait, what is his little friend? It's like S-T-H. Stina? Oh, yeah. I vote off him. Wait. Oh, the... the um. Gorgon? Yeah. Stina? I vote off the Griffins because of the spelling of Griffin. <laughs> makes me uncomfortable and I don't know so why. So do you vote off the Griffin or do you vote off the spelling of Griffin? No, I vote them off for their spelling. Okay. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Gryphons. Like, I hate that. Um, I can't be baddies. I'm going to have to just at her. <laughs> Girlie is dead. <laughs> she can't be here anymore. <laughs> Killing two birds with one stone. Oh my god! Please note for the listeners um, that I just blinked. <laughs> Killing one grandmother with two stones. Literally. <laughs> well, because she turns uh, into a I... bird at the end, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, I assume so. that that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'd like to formally apologize for all of Fatal Flaw's comments on this episode. <laughs> to just cover your bases. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> if you heard anything you didn't like, sorry. All righty, folks. That's all for this week. Join us next week where we'll be discussing chapters 41 through 44 through the theme of hope. <laughs> Make sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts. We're at Return to Camp on every platform that matters. We also have a coffee account and a red level store and a website, turntocamp.com. Honey, Molly, before you go, do you want to plug anything? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us um, on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, at Fatal Flaw PJO. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Fatal Flaw. Um, we're sometimes fun. And hit us up on socials. It is um, very spoilery and has adult content, just to warn you. Yes. But it also has Maddie and Molly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Slay. Slay. <laughs>